Hi, thanks again for joining us at the Ottawa studios of Inside My Canoe Head. I am Dr. D. Today, we are going to talk about preparedness and financial health. So grab yourself your favorite beverage. Let's get at her. I am a sucker for a great guitar rift, whether it be acoustic or electric. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and I know I missed a day. That's not a problem. It happens in life. Had some family things that popped up and needed to be attended to. So inside my canoe head and preparedness labs incorporated pretty much took the last week off without much notice, but this happens in life. Family first, my friends. So we are back at it today. We're going to talk about preparedness and financial health, but I also want to put a, uh, a bit of a note out there to all of the people who have been commenting on the uh, preparedness and mental health issue. Uh, mental health is real. Struggling is real. Uh, if you're out there and you are pushing a rope uphill, and if you're in that case, you know exactly what I mean. It's okay to be where you are. Reach out, talk to somebody, figure out how to just disconnect until you sort it out. But make sure you find a friend to reach out to. Mental health is real. You are not weak when you seek assistance. So this week, preparedness and financial health. Why is that important? Well, it's something that we cover in the book, Preparedness Simplified, book one, the beginning, which is, by the way, now available on Amazon.ca, Amazon.com, Amazon everywhere. The book is now there. Um, your financial health, and we talk about it right from the beginning, and we've talked about it since the beginning of this podcast. We're over three years into this podcast, is that first you got to take care of you, right? You're no good to anybody else when the shizzy hits the fizzy or the world goes pear-shaped if you are not physically, mentally, and financially sound. Now, I don't mean rich, and I don't mean uber fit, and I don't mean without anxiety. I mean if you are in control and proper management of those, then you are in the best possible situation for when chaos visits you with next to no notice and you are expected to lead in times of disruption, little information, poor sleep, and reduction in nutrition. You are useless to most people if you are unfit, mentally unsound, or stressed out and you're broke. So it's your first job before you think about skills and supplies in your basement to start the process, to begin the process of setting your life on a proper path. Then you're in the position to start talking about sheltering in place and all the other things that we talk about. So why is this important? Well, first, how do we do it? How do we sort out money? Well, the first thing we talk about on this podcast is the most important question in emergency preparedness is who is responsible for your outcomes? And the only possible answer to that question is you. If it's anybody else, I wish you luck. You should probably turn off this podcast and find something else to do. If it's you, if you're willing to accept responsibility, it's the reality versus excuses game, right? Here we are in today's world, right? You are where you are. When you accept responsibility for your outcomes and you accept responsibility for your financial health and future, this is not about a fault or blame game, right? This is not about creating excuses. Well, I'm like this because my spouse spends all the money or I'm like this because somebody fired me. You know, 
you will be around people who will consistently make excuses and attempt to transfer responsibility for their current position on somebody else. I'm a victim. I'm oppressed. Here are the 10 reasons why I'm broke. You hear it all the time. When you accept responsibility, it's not about blaming yourself. It's not about putting yourself down. It's about sitting down with your favorite beverage, looking that awesome, incredible person in the mirror and simply saying, here I am. Here I am right now. I want to fix this. I'm going to commit to fixing it. And that's really the most important part. That is the most difficult barrier to overcome in financial health is accepting the fact that I am where I am. I'm not going to blame anybody. I'm not going to poop down my neck. I'm not going to have my self-pity party in the corner. I'm just accepting here I am. And now I'm committing to do something about it biggest thing that you overcome. Trust me. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty details, it is the legal requirement. I am not an expert. I am not a financial expert. I'm not here to give you financial advice. However, I'm an individual who has read Tony Robbins, Mel Robbins, Dale Carnegie, Warren Buffett, Dave Ramsey, uh, Paul Jarvis, Greg McEwen, and a number of other preparedness folks as well. And I have come up with a plan that has worked for me. So what I'm doing here today is giving you an outline and a strategy that worked for me. It's an option, but I think it's pretty straightforward and anybody can follow it. Preparedness simply means that you are financially able to navigate a disruption, right? When something significant happens, you may be placed in a position where there's going to be increased financial demands on you from either no income coming in the house at a moment's notice anymore or an increase in expenses due to some type of disruption, a disaster, an emergency, something happens, right? When you're financially healthy, you are able to do that. You are able to navigate that. You're able to accept financial disruption in your life, right? Simplistic approaches are successful, Financial health is not complicated. It's not a complex interwoven state of several stakeholders and conditions and different. Oh, listen, people will make this really complex and write a big arse 300 page book on how to get financially healthy. No, it doesn't take that. Listen, the simplest outcome is this. You want to run out of month before you run out of money and you want to be fund your retirement. That second part is really important. Remember, it's not somebody else's job to pay your bills for you if you can't. That's not the government's job. That's not society's job. That's one of your three responsibilities as a human on this earth is to pay your own way, right? So being that and accepting that, you it's really that simple. You have to be able to put money aside so that when you're no longer earning income, you are able to pay your bills until you're no longer here, and that you, every month that you exist in this world, you are running out of month before you're running out of money. It is no more complicated than that. Whether you win, whether you live in a rundown studio apartment in the downtown east side of Vancouver, or you have a several million dollar home in Rosedale, those two truths are absolute and they don't change. And in life, you have two things. You have income and expenses. When we look at expenses, and this is from basic microeconomic theory 101, I taught it for several terms at university. 
there are two types of expenses. Every penny you spend is either on something called a necessity or a luxury. That's it. And now in preparedness, we define your necessities as your animalistic requirements. So you've heard that phrase from me all along. That's your food, water, shelter, health, safety, and security. That's it. That's all of your necessities. And I'll give you an example. Shelter. You need something that will keep out the weather. You're able to reasonably heat and reasonably cool to climate control the environment to maintain core body temperature. It needs to have a locked door so that you feel safe. That can be a bedroom in a four-bedroom house that you're sharing with other people. That can be a studio apartment, or it can be a full-on separate single-family dwelling, right? You need shelter. You don't need a mansion. You need shelter. So when you look at everything that you spend money on, it will, by definition and by economic theory, fall into a necessity or a luxury. So right, so now here we are. We're just about 10 minutes into this conversation. And now we've decided, you know what? I, I'm taking responsibility for my financial outcome. I understand that I have to run out of month before I run out of money. And I have to pay, put money aside to pay for my retirement. I understand that everything that I buy is either a luxury and a necessity. Really that simple. That's where we are. So how do we do this, right? It's one thing to say these cute little monikers and to look in your mirror and say, oh, I promise I'm going to do all this. Now what do we do? What's the operationalization of adopting a prepared, financially healthy life? First, be honest and tell the truth. What do you make? What do you spend? Really not that simple. And I'm not going to use, I don't, you can call it a budget. I don't care if you call it a budget. I, I really don't care what you call it, right? Write down two columns, everything I make in the run of an average month and everything I spend in the run of average month. Now, Dave Ramsey will tell you, and he's absolutely right, and it's the best advice on the planet, right? Don't write down what you think you spend. Take the last six months of your financial statements from your checking account and your credit card account, and then write down what you actually did spend, Not what you think you did, not what you think you made, but what you actually deposited into your bank account and what you actually exited from your bank account or added to a line of credit or a credit card. Be honest with yourself. Now you look at the expenses. You're going to categorize each of these into luxury and necessity. Now you have a simple choice in finances. You can add income or you can cut expenses. Nothing else you can do. It's that simple. So the easiest thing to fix first, if you believe, and most of us do, and I most certainly did, need to get to the point of running out of month before you run out of money. The first thing you do is look at everything that you have labeled a luxury and stop doing it. It's not hard. For example, um, I like to watch you know, stuff on TV and I like the streaming services, right? I don't have cable TV. I have, sorry, I have $10 worth of channels that are added to my Bell internet account, right? So uh, I cancel my sports subscription. So I, here in Canada, we have, you can get cable TV or you can buy your Crave and your HBO and your Netflix one at a time, right? 
So I'm a huge Amazon Prime fine uh, fan. I buy lots of stuff on Amazon. So what do I do? I get Amazon Prime. So that is my movie channel. I don't pay for anything else. I don't have anything else. I don't care what's on any other. My available shows to watch are on Amazon Prime, simply because I get it with my Amazon uh, annual membership, right? So there it is. I cut my sports channels, right? Because I get CBC TV free of charge. As horrible as it is, it still remains free of charge online. Uh, with the CBC Gem app, and therefore I get my Hockey Night in Canada, I get my sports, not a problem, right? So I basically cut everything that was a luxury. I went through and I slashed it all. I cut all my memberships. I brought my gym. Now, my gym membership is is undeniably important to my uh, to my physical health, but what I did is I used to have uh, a Movadi membership. And in Canada, think of the elite Gucci bougie gym with all of the extras, right? That was like, um, I think it was $40 every two weeks, right? I now have a membership at Fit for Less, which even with the upgrade to the high rank is $11.99 every two weeks. And the cheap one, which just takes one room out, that's it, which is perfect for everybody, is $7.99 every two weeks. I need to go to the gym. It's in my podcast in episode seven on preparedness and physical health. I'm a guy who needs to have a gym. Otherwise, I won't do these exercises at home, whatever. Um, So I went through and I cut every single freaking luxury, right? Every one of them. It's the easiest to cut, right? Then I can think about adding income and funding my retirement. But the first thing I need to do is get my arse on the positive side of running out of month before I run out of money. And the fastest immediate way to do is, is pull out that phone and start canceling everything. Cancel your subscriptions, cancel this, cancel that. Um, You don't only get what is uh, necessity. It's perfectly fine to go to a used clothing store to find your gym gear. You don't have to go to Lululemon, right? So you get to that point. So, but you always hear this thing about emergency fund. And Dave Ramsey talks about having a $1,000 emergency fund. Now, Dave Ramsey will also tell you, and uh, this is in Tony Robbins as well, is that an emergency fund, the idea of having $1,000 is if you have a goal like that and you put it aside, you have something. Now, in preparedness, we have a methodology here at Inside My Canoe Head as to how to determine exactly how large your emergency fund should be because there are three things that are going to happen that are going to cost you money. You are going to get fired and your income is going to disappear tomorrow morning when you show up for work. You're going to have a breakdown in a critical item in your life and you're go- which needs to be replaced like now. Or somebody is going to die and you have to fly somewhere to attend a funeral. I, I'll be blunt with you. That's it. Really keep it simple. There are You can probably sit here and write down 25 other bad things that can happen to you, but those are the three main things that you have to be able to fund. It's your job to fund it. It's not somebody else's to be able to do that for you, Right. So the first thing is, and we talk about this in the book, uh, one of the four scenarios that I, that I put in the uh, Preparing to Simplified book is you're fired, right? And I go in f- a lot of detail in there, but think about it. Think about um, what's your plan when you get fired, right? 
Every single person is going to lose the job they're in. You're either going to retire out of it, you're going to die doing it, or you're going to get fired, or you're going to quit and try something else. You will stop doing the job you're doing right now at some point. So it's your responsibility to understand exactly what you intend to do when you get terminated, right? You don't have, this is not about spending any money. Again, this is just sitting down with a piece of paper and saying, if I walk into work tomorrow and my boss says, I'm sorry, we're reorganizing the company and you're fired, here's a severance pay, whatever. We wish you the best of luck. We're really sorry. We'll write you a great reference. It happens all of the time. What are you going to pivot to? What is your next job? That's your responsibility to identify. Now, I don't care what it is, and it should be something you love, and it should be something you're good at, but the point is is that you have to understand what that is, and part of that understanding is how long is it going to take you to pivot to that? How long will it take you to swing over to this new job, to get up and running with whatever you need to do to get up and running, and then... how long before you estimate your first paycheck will come in. And imagine if that's three months. You just told yourself that you need a minimum three months of your necessity expenses, which you have in that list. Bam. You now know how much your emergency fund has to be. And it's not $1,000. It's going to be exactly what you determine. Now you have the, and when I talk about the breakdown, think about this, right? Um, If you're a renter, then if your fridge breaks, it's not your fault. Uh, If you have a car and it's not covered by warranty and it breaks down, you're going to need to fix that. Got to come up with an estimate. This is where Dave Ramsey throws it out. $1,000 will probably buy you a repair to your car and $1,000 will replace any appliance in your home. That's why he comes up with $1,000. It makes sense. Now think about it. Where are all the relatives? If somebody you know... You live in the United States, you live in Canada, you live in Europe. If you had to get on a plane tomorrow to fly to your most distant relative that you would fly to to attend a funeral, how far is that away? What does it roughly cost? You're just doing a bit of research. Say, my travel is going to cost me about $1,000 on discount. It'd be about $1,000 for a breakdown. One or the other, the odds of the two happening are slim to nil, but not zero. And I need three months. So you now know the size of your emergency fund. You probably have zero. That's perfectly fine. The idea of accepting responsibility for your financial future and setting yourself on the road to success is not about solving it today. The big barrier we're getting over is you accepting responsibility to adopt a healthy financial life and then starting to make the right decisions. This could be a four-year roadmap. And that's perfectly fine, right? This is not about fixing it this month. It's, well, running out of month before you run out of money has to be fixed immediately. But every other thing, setting up your retirement fund and properly funding it, setting up your emergency fund and properly funding it. These things need to start, but they don't get done overnight. And this is why you don't beat yourself up. You know, if it works out that in the very beginning, before you add any additional income, even with your cutting expenses, your retire, your emergency fund, you've only got $172 to add to it every month. Great. Fantastic. Okay. 
Right now, you're adding 172. That is a far more positive position than you were in shortly ago. So remember, the idea is you're taking the necessary steps to get it there. And I'll give you a prime example. Think about what happened in the pandemic. Really, really smart people doing great work for healthy and strong companies were fired overnight. They were fired. Great people, great employees lost their income overnight. You didn't see it coming. None of us saw the pandemic coming. It showed up. It knocked everybody off of their keister. That was your responsibility to pay your bills, right? That was your responsibility at that time to have a plan to pivot to. Sitting back at home and waiting for your previous job to reopen magically and doing nothing else, that's not a plan. That's a piss poor attitude. And that's what a lot of people did. And I'll be blunt about it. A lot of people just sat at home, believed it was the government's job to send them money checks to pay their bills. And they just sat there and waited for their boss to call and tell them, come back to work. You were a victim. You decided that uh, the pandemic did this to me. I'm a victim of a pandemic and therefore it's perfectly fine for me to sit here and do nothing. Listen, we've all read stories of incredible people who did wonderful things and created new opportunities. They were fired from a job, sat back, had their little pity party in the corner and, and drank their glass of wine, got up the next day and took action. They decided, well, I'm not going to sit around and wait for my boss to call me to tell me I can come back to work. I'm not going to sit around for some magic government money to show up in my bank account. I'm going to launch my plan, what I always wanted to do. And a lot of those people are now exceptionally successful three years later, right? They took a disruption and made it an opportunity. Have a plan. Expecting government assistance and expecting somebody else to pay your freaking bills for you is not a plan. So think about it. Creating this is not hard, right? You create a plan to first accept responsibility. Second, cut your expenses to make sure you run out a month before money. Third, you determine your emergency fund requirements. Fourth, you determine your retirement requirements. And that's a whole separate Talk to an expert about that. I am, I've am i got advice, but I'm not going to give it to you because I'm not a financial retirement investment expert. And if you get that wrong, some significant things can go pear-shaped. There's a lot of great people out there. Uh, and last, you're going to add income. You're going to add income to fund all your requirements and to have a better quality of life. Remember, just sitting here going, well, I'm this job and this is what it pays, so here I am. That is, that's a ridiculously poor attitude, right? I do this job and all I get paid is X. And so that's all I have. Oh, so you're an oppressed victim, right? Welcome to the narcissistic world where you, you, you believe you should be paid $28 an hour, but your job only pays 21. So you're stuck making 21. No, no, no. There's tons of jobs making $35 an hour that they can't find employees for. So no, you're not stuck anywhere. You're just choosing to remain there. And sometimes I, I come across as a bit blunt and, and, and a bit, shall we say, um, you know, you can say the word. The point is, is that I challenge people who say that they're oppressed and victimization and they can't get ahead and they can't fix their finances because the people will do 
and and we all know them. People will spend an exorbitant amount of time laying out all the reasons why they can't improve and change instead of taking all of that energy into figuring out how they improve and change, right? Because remember, as a human being on this world, you have three responsibilities. And it's really that simple. You know, the, the, according to Dr. D, the art of life, and according to Inside Mike, who had his three jobs, right? One is to pay your own way. That means you're responsible for your outcomes in all manner and respects, and it's your job to take care of yourself. The second thing is, is to be of good character. Don't be a jerk. Follow the rules. Don't break the law. If your community has standards and culture, follow it or move to a new community. And the last one is contribute. We're all here to make this place a better place for our children and the ones that follow us. So do something good for the world around you. That's all it is. And financial preparedness and financial health is about you being able to not only take care of yourself on a month-to-month basis, but be ready for when disruptions come knocking. Because when you're in a financial healthy position, you are far more likely to have a positive outcome from a significant disruption. And I talk to you as a guy who has read all the research. All the research will tell you, well, not all of it, but the preponderance, the balance of research informs us that people with positive economic positions will be more capable of managing. And it's not because they have money. It's because when they lose their income, they're not now an immediate dependent of the state, right? So when your power goes out and it's out for a week, you're not screaming and yelling on the news and saying everybody failed you and everybody's failing to give you what you deserve. You're just navigating through it and and you're making it work and you're following your plan and life's on. You're not um, the Karen, shall we say, on the TV news channel that's blaming everybody else for their position in life, except for the person in the mirror. So thank you very much for joining us this week at Inside My Canoe Head. I hope that we gave you a bit of guidance on your preparedness and financial health, give you some hints and insights as to how you make this just a little bit less anxious world. And trust me, your mental health stress and your mental health anxiety go down when finances Uh, They're always going to be an issue and they always give you a bit of consternation periodically, but they don't cause you stress and anxiety on a regular basis. It's really not that complicated. So drop over to our website at www.insidemycanoehead.ca over at preparednesslabs.ca. Drop me a line at jeff at preparednesslabs.ca. If you've got something to say, we've got contact forms on both our websites. There are email lists to pop into and be part of our weekly blog and email series. Uh, Follow us across all social media. And if you're interested in the book, it is available now on Amazon, Kobo, and at Buy Me a Coffee. And again, if you like what you hear and you don't really want to do anything else, just pop over to Buy Me a Coffee. Drop yourself five bucks Canadian. Buy Me a Coffee. I am fueled by great black and simple coffee. Thank you very much for tuning in to us. Have yourself a great week and we'll be back at you on Monday.